had a completely different message prepared for you. But the Lord woke me up at 1.30 this morning. I heard so quickly and so clearly, holiness is required. You gotta walk through enough of life and seeing the hand of God in your life to be able to say, so be it. See, holiness is not what you can do for God, but it's being like Him in your conduct. Keep your eyes on me, I'm able to keep you. I will rise you up if you just let me. What if it costs me? Right there, you can see the control is still there. You're still, your hands are still on it. You haven't let go. So when you commit things to him, it's a covenant. It's you saying, I trust you in this. Are you committing everything to him and then not taking it back? He's only called you to be holy, but, he, but he's also given you a grace to do it, church. And that grace that he gave you was from the very beginning of time. There's no need that God has not already taken care of. You're going to live on fire. You're going to declare the name of Jesus over your circumstances. You're not going to walk in fear. You're going to walk in faith. It's going to light a holy fire on the inside of you. And then you're going to burn from that place. Are you ready to say no to every assignment that's come against you? You may feel like you're going through too much. You may feel like I can't take another day. You may feel like this is going to destroy me. You may feel like my heart is going to break. But you will not be consumed. Thank God we serve a God that says there are chances after chances after chances rise up again. When the peace of God starts to transcend your mind, your understanding, now although the situation didn't change, even though all that still looks fearful and scary, you don't see it with those eyes anymore. Now you see it with the eyes of God. Now you see it with the eyes of victory. Now you know that it doesn't matter no matter what because you prayed it through. requirement to walk as Christians see the to actually receive him you just come as you are you come as you are and and he receives you and and you receive the Lord and uh, and then that's that's the beginning of your walk but there is a requirement that he has of us church and what we have experienced I, I need everybody focused what we have experienced over the past weeks and months the intense glory of God's presence. There is something that is required of us more so than the yesterdays. And we need to stop defiling our temple. Holiness is required, church. I had a completely different message prepared for you. But the Lord woke me up at 1.30 this morning. I've been up since 1.30. And at 1.30, I went to my prayer room and I started to pray. And I, I heard so quickly and so clearly, holiness is required. Amen. And I knew he was talking to this group. And those that are listening online, because you're a part of what God is doing. We're one in the spirit. Holiness is required. Amen. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm listening. And I took out my notebook and my pen, and I started to write. And he said, stop defiling. This is what he said to tell you. Stop defiling your temple because holiness is required. If your life is hidden in Christ, then your conduct is holy. And then it will glorify 
Christ. The pure in heart shall see God. And we know this in Matthew 5, 8. The pure in heart shall see God. But if your life is hidden in Christ, then your conduct is holy. Our lives are to be holy. We are to walk holy before the Lord. As Christians, we are called to walk holy. I want you to turn your Bible, your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1 and, and verse 15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. This is, the, this is a beautiful word that is being spoken for those that have ears to hear. Don't let the spirit of condemnation grip your heart where you can't hear the truth of what's being spoken right now. This is a call. This is an invitation to rise up higher than you've been before. To walk in the ways of the Lord that literally truly please him. Because do you think that we have even tasted just an, uh, all that he has for us? We know how much more is there. So much more. We can't even fathom. I mean, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has even entered into the heart of man. But he has prepared something for us, for those who love him. He has prepared something for us that is far greater than anything that we have already experienced. But it's going to require something of you. Who is ready to say, I hear you, and I am ready. I am willing to walk in holiness, not in your own strength, in the power of the most high God, and the power of his strength. So 15, it says, as he who called you is holy, because God is holy. As he who called you, he's called you, church, but as he who called you is holy, you, it says, also be holy in all your conduct, not just when you're at church, in all your conduct, because the word says, be holy for I am holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. We will not see the Lord. In Hebrews 12, 14, it says, pursue peace with all people. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. In other words, some relationships in your lives have moved to an associate status. Or let me rephrase that. For some of you, you need to have some of those relationships in your lives move to, to be more of an associate status. Is that not true? Do you know that those that you partner yourself with, are also becoming part of who you are, the influence that is? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Though it says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And then in Hebrews 12, 14, it says, pursue peace with all people and holiness. Sometimes there's, you can't, you're going to pursue peace as much as, as you're able to because some people you're not going to be able to pursue peace with because it's going to cost you your holiness. Come on, I'm saying something for those that have ears to hear. For some of you, it's going to cost you holiness, and that's not what he's talking about because it's not peace at all cost. It's not peace at all cost. Amen. So it's the peace that bears witness to the Lord, and it's the peace that continues in our hearts that remain because we remain in him, intact with him. But without holiness, we're not going to see the Lord. So there are some relationships that are not holy, and they tear you down, they wear you down, they bring you apart and separate you from the Lord. 
Those are the relationships that are moving from friendship to associate. And some of them are even just moving completely out of your lives. Who's listening today? Who is hearing what I'm saying today? Hey, it may hurt for the moment, but you'll be thankful. You'll come back and you'll thank me. Hey, I'm so glad when you preached that message. I didn't quite understand it. I didn't even like it. I was actually upset with you. Actually, I was offended with you. Well, good. Be offended. But I'll tell you this. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord and ask him. I do not want to walk in a way that would render compromise. We cannot afford that. What you have received already, just coming, just by coming and attending, by being in the presence of God's incredible power, you can't afford to walk in relationships that are bringing you down and literally compromising the holiness that God says, I want you to walk holy. Your conduct matters. So yeah, there's some people that are going to have to leave, exit, open the door. Some of you just need to open the door and say out. And it could be just in the spirit. You speak that out. Come on, I'm not talking about divorce your husband. Sometimes I feel like I have to be like totally so clear for certain people. Well, you said, and he's not walking with the Lord, you know, you know, I, I'm not talking about that kind of, but I am saying this, if that be the case, and he is walking in compromise, you need to do some battle in the spirit. You need to take authority over some demonic spirits that are literally plaguing him and trying to plague you. You need to come against those spirits and say, I shut you down and I shut you out and I command you, leave him alone and stand in the gap for whomever you need to stand in the gap for because holiness is required of us. We're to walk holy. Be holy as I'm holy. Let, let's turn to Matthew 7. Because this is, the, this is the, all that I'm telling you right now, every scripture, every scripture that I am bringing up, I heard all of them this morning at 1.30. So he's the one that strung these scriptures together, not me. And so Matthew 7, on that day, many will say, did we not prophesy and cast out demons in your name? I never knew you depart from me, you evil doers. But Lord, I prophesied in your name. And they said it was, it, it was an affirming word. They confirmed it. It made sense. Stop. Apart from holiness, not only will we do nothing, but we will never achieve the status, the quality, the life that God has for us as beautiful, beloved daughters and sons in the kingdom. Are we all hearing? Yeah. On that day, many will say, did we not prophesy? We cast out demons in your name. Jesus, it was in your name. What a horrible word to say. I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. See, holiness is not what you can do for God. Some people get their do and their who all mixed up. It's not what you can do for God. But it's being like him in your conduct. Because your conduct reveals your heart. What's in your heart? Out of the abundance. Come on. Of the heart, the mouth speaks. So your conduct matters. 
conduct. It's the manner in which a person behaves. It's quite simple, isn't it? It's just how you behave. Wow, what's your behavior? How do you behave? Because that's your conduct. Remember the very first scripture that I read to you, 1 Peter 1.15, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. So there's something required of us, isn't there? Conduct will either reap a reward or it will suffer a consequence. It's either going to reap a reward or it's going to suffer a consequence. But we're not going to confuse who we are by what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be, more importantly. Right? So holiness, holiness is total devotion to God. Like total devotion to God. It's, be, it's understanding that you're sacred in his eyes. Morally blameless. This is what holiness is. Morally blameless and consecrated. So he called you to be holy and it's for his purposes. 2 Timothy 1, 8. Because I'm going to read um, some scripture here. It says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. This is, you know, he said, look, all the things that he's gone through, a prisoner. But yeah, I'm still preaching the gospel. Persecuted, but yet I'm still preaching the gospel. Come on. Yeah, beat and shipwrecked. I'm still going to preach the gospel. Are you? So therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. It's not according to your power. Stop trying to figure it all out and start, stop trying to be the one in control. It's the power of God. Some of you are, are, are literally weakened in a weakened, weakened state because you're trying to rely on your own strength, your own power. The power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. You're called with a holy calling. You're called to be holy, but you're called with a holy calling because a holy God has called you. Amen. It's calling you forward. Not according to our works, there it is again, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. What? You mean you've always had that? Yes. Let's read that again. Read that again. It says, verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. There's a grace that you have, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. He's only called you to be holy, but he's also given you a grace to do it, church. And that grace that he gave you was from the very beginning of time. So it's not, well, when is it going to kick in? You already have it. Verse 10, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed 
For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. We know, we must know whom we have believed in. Do you know who you believed in? Do you know this? Do you know that you know that you know? I believe in Jesus. Do you believe in Christ? We believe in Jesus, and therefore we are persuaded that he alone is able to keep you. He alone is able to keep us until that day. He says, until that day, he's able to keep you. He's able to keep you in faith. He's able to keep you strong. He's able to keep you emotionally strong, mentally strong, mentally sharp. He's able to keep you physically healed and whole. He's able to keep us, is he not? He's able to keep us financially right where we need to be. He's able to keep us even in the midst of lack, even in the midst of difficulty. He says, you're not looking at that because that's not who you are you're looking at me I'm able to keep you keep your eyes on me I'm able to keep you I will rise you up if you just let me but we have to hear it sometimes we have to hear it again and again and again but it's sinking in and you're being transformed you're adhering to the promises of God he keeps what we commit in Proverbs 16, 3, and in Psalms 37, 5, you can write these two down. Proverbs 16, 3, Psalms 37, 5, talks about what we commit to him. Are you committing everything to him? Yes. And then not taking it back? Yes. <laughs> because if you commit things to him, but that you're constantly taking it back, you're trying to figure it out, you're not committing it to him. That's not called committing. So when you commit things to him, it's a covenant it's you saying, I trust you in this. Amen. I'm committing this into your hands. And if it doesn't turn out the way I had hoped, believed, and prayed for, so be it. Oh, come on. It takes a radical faith for someone to say, so be it. You got to walk through enough of life and seeing the hand of God in your life to be able to say, so be it. Amen. So be it. Or maybe you can just glean on somebody else's experience so you don't have to. Go through it yourself. So be it. I trust you anyways. Are we hearing? Are we following along with what I'm saying? This is so important. Pursue holiness. We must pursue a walk of holiness. We are not going to be like the regular Christian that you may see out in the streets. And is this a judgment? Only if it needs to be. We're to judge Christians. We're to judge our fellow believers. Too much sloppy preaching. Sloppy agape. It's too much. It's ridiculous. Christians don't even know how to stand in their rightful authority. Why don't I judge? Well, you're supposed to judge a fellow believer Amen. if they're not walking in Christ. Not with a judgmental attitude, but you're just, you are supposed to call forth. That's not of God. We have too many people shutting your mouths out there and it's polluting what God says. You're to be holy. You're not to be mixture. I'm stepping on some people's toes. I know it and it doesn't matter. Because I know what God told me to preach, and you better believe I'm going to preach it with boldness. The boldness of the Lord. So what we commit to him, it's like a covenant. We're not picking it back up. We're not going to be people that are tossed to and fro. Commit it. Trust. Commit it. Trust him. What if it cost me everything? Did it not cost Jesus everything? 
the very nature of that question shows you haven't let go fully. What if it costs me? Right there, there's, you can see the control is still there. You're still, your hands are still on it. You haven't let go. Typical, but isn't it a process? It's a process, that's true, but it's also a decision. And it can be a one, two, three, split second decision. Lord, I'm done doing it my way. I want everything you have for me. I want to pursue the holiness of God because I want to please you. What's your motive? Why do you want to pursue the holiness of God? Because you want to look like, oh, wow, they're so holy? Or is it because you want to please God? And you want to obey God. He says we are to be holy as he is holy. So that's in our character, our conduct, and everything about us. Our thoughts. Because what we think, we're going to speak. Right? It said everything. And is there any room for grace? What if you mess up? Well, you mess up, get yourself back up. Repent and get back up. Pursue holiness, though. Don't let the devil beat you up. Hey, I had a bad day last week. Well, get up. Confess it and keep moving on. And don't let the conniving ways, the methods, the schemes, the motives of the enemy get you down. We can't let that happen. And so we will commit our thoughts. We will commit our emotions. We'll commit our works. We'll commit our families. We'll commit everything to the Lord, our lives, our walk everything. When we commit it to the Lord, he will keep what we commit. He alone, alone is faithful. He is faithful, church. He is faithful even when we are not faithful. So there is a requirement, and that requirement is for us to walk holy. Isaiah 41, 13, it says, for I, the Lord, will hold your hand. I mean, what else do we need? For I, the Lord, will hold your hand. Fear not, I will help you. Amen. So beautiful. Thank you, Lord. In the midst of heartache and difficulty, you will hold our hand. Literally going to hold your hand. How many of you experienced that? Like you can tell. You knew somehow God just revealed it to you. He was holding your hand. Well, for the rest of you, you're taking it by faith because God is not a man that he should lie. And his word says it, so it applies to you. Whether you felt it, recognized it, experienced it or not, it doesn't matter. It's your word. Take it. Lord, your word says in Isaiah 41, 13 that you're going to hold my hand. You said, fear not, I will help you. You're holding me by the hand. Thank you, Lord. Revelation 21, 4. He will wipe away every tear. He's going to wipe away every tear. We know that he holds our tears in a bottle, but he's wiping away every tear. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to hang on to the sorrow, to the pain, to the difficulties. We will just let it go and say, Father, we trust you. No matter what, I am yours. No matter what, I will passionately pursue you. Holiness is my, my desire. Holiness is what my eyes are set upon because I want to, I want to please you. Amen. Are we all following right now? Yeah. Holiness. How beautiful is a church that walks in holiness? How beautiful. How much can the Lord do when there's a church that individually and then collectively choose to walk in holiness in our conduct in here and our conduct out of here? All the time. You walk in purity throughout your week. You will walk in power. I already preached that message to you last week. Power and purity. Try, people try to, they just want power, but they don't really understand the purity. Holiness is the same. 
power and purity is because there's a holy vessel. God says you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and my spirit lives on the inside of you, which is why he calls you to be holy. You're not holy in and of yourselves. You're holy because of Christ in us. We're holy because we're going to let his light come through, even in the midst of pain. Say, I trust you. It's okay, Lord, no matter what. My experience may not be like this person's. My life may not look like that person. That's okay. Here's the mistake in that. Your eyes are on other people. Your eyes need to be on the Lord. When your eyes are on other people, you create a dissatisfaction within you, and then holiness starts to wane. It starts to kind of go down to the bottom of the pile. But you're actually called to keep your eyes on Jesus and say, Jesus, as you are, so am I. So teach me to walk in holiness. Teach me to respond with purity. Teach me to have a heart that just wants you to have that beautiful say in my life every day that I hear you. Teach me. In Exodus 14, 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you. We have so many promises of how we can trust God. The Lord will fight for you. You should hold your peace. He's fighting for you. The battle's already won. The, fought, the fight has already been won, you know, but we have to walk it out. But we walk it out knowing that he is victorious in our lives. Amen. And therefore, so are we. Hallelujah. And the last scripture that he shared is De Deuteronomy 31.6. Deuteronomy 31.6, and it says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Who are the thems <laughs> in your lives? Who, who are they? Who are they that instill fear? Okay? No, I'm talking about in the natural right now. I want you to, in your mind, I, I want you to be thinking because those are the people right now that the enemy is using against you to bring in the fear, to bring in the doubt, to bring in the compromise. Who are they? It says, I'm going to read it again. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. There's too much fear going on. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. It could, be, it could be somebody in your family, distant family, trying to just do all kinds of stuff, and it's a threat because you're stuck by blood. No, you're not. Uh-uh. God is raising you up. You're going to destroy the spirit that is trying to destroy you. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. You're not in a place where you can't help yourself and, oh, my goodness, that's it. This is the end of it. No, it is not. You're victorious. You're victorious. We do not battle against flesh and blood. We battle against the spiritual realm, spiritual hosts of darkness. We battle against demonic spirits. But if you're not battling against the demonic spirits, they're battling you. And you wonder why you can't walk in holiness. Do you think the devil's just going to roll over and play dead and let you walk in holiness without a fight? So maybe you were called to this fight that you were avoiding. It's time to stop avoiding because on the other end of that victory is the beautiful purity of holiness that God has for you. He actually says you need to walk in it. We're commanded to be holy. We're commanded. 
where we're commanded to be holy as he is holy. So Lord, teach us exactly how to do that. We want to do that. I'm going to finish reading Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and of good, good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you.